Liberty Station is brought to you by my good friends at Devoted Capital, where they believe how you profit matters. They're dedicated to helping you align your investments with your values, empowering you to a life well-lived. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show on Liberty Station, and uh, today's guest is my friend, investigative journalist and superstar, Jennifer Van Lahr. Jennifer, how are you? Pretty good. Just trying to get through this rain and get through the election. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, listen, I'm uh, I'm so glad I texted you the other day because, um, you know, I, I texted you because I saw that Twitter thread that you put in regards to the article on The Atlantic by um, mm-hmm. Emily Oster. And I loved your response. And for the audience, uh, your response to me when I said, hey, I love your response, you were like, I could have been more brutal. And mm-hmm. um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about it because, of course, the uh, you know, the, uh, Twitter was aflame and, uh, you know, everybody uh, was talking about the article, which went super viral. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it and, sh- you know, have those thoughts shared with the audience and then also share some of my own. So I did tease this episode already. So people are expecting fire from you. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hopefully I can deliver it. Uh, well, you are fire. So I have uh, I have no doubt. So um, anyway, you know, my initial thought, and then I'll let you pile on, is first, you know, it was interesting to me that she was asking uh, or suggesting amnesty because she certainly wasn't uh, asking for forgiveness and there was no apology within the uh, context of the article. And... um, my second thought was people like Emily, who are calling for pandemic amnesty, and, and actually we probably need to set up uh, the article better for those who haven't read it. I just sort of like fired into it here. But, right. um, but, but with that, uh, people like Emily didn't lose anything in this uh, whole right. world here. So anyway, why don't you talk about the article, and then, uh, and then we'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll stop my guns a-blazing. Full react. So I, I saw this idea of pandemic amnesty, and of course, my knee-jerk reaction was no. And then I thought, well, maybe let me give this woman a chance. Let me read it. Let me see if she has anything insightful to say. You know, some people have come to conclusions that everything that happened during the pandemic with the lockdowns and all of the the thought police and the um just being censored for having even wrong things, that maybe some of that went overboard. So I thought I'll, I'll give her a try. But basically all she was saying was, you know, those of us who had good intentions and maybe said schools should stay closed a little too long, or maybe we were a little too hyper about masks and social distancing, you know, yeah, now we see that there was maybe some unforeseen consequences. So let's just call it all a day and, and be done with it. And she went a lot more into depth, but the main things that struck out to me were, were she wasn't saying just this blanket amnesty for anyone who made a mistake, because I'm sure we all had ideas about either the virus or how to avoid it or something that later, when we had more information, turned out to not be correct or or we thought differently. No, she was saying only the people who thought like she did, that meant you had a good intention. 
but she brought brought up the thing about President Trump and the allegation that he was telling people to inject bleach into their veins, mm-hmm. which didn't even Complete happen lie. as yeah. a sign of, well, you know, we're not going to, we won't have amnesty for those people who are willingly putting out misinformation, you know, determined by her, of course, what misinformation was and, and saying, well, there's no way we could have known there was going to be so much learning loss for two years out of school. Come on, give me a break. And there was no acknowledgement whatsoever for just the other devastation that was wrought on so many people's lives. It continues in California. We're still under a state of emergency and and it's continuing. How can you ask for amnesty for something you don't even acknowledge what you did? Don't offer any kind of uh, redemption for yourself, any kind of uh, paying people back a restitution, what they lost. And, And you don't even say sorry. Yeah, the the tenor of the article, you know, it had no um, repentance in it whatsoever. It had no, okay, hey, listen, we blew it. You know, we were rude to people. Uh, We censored people. We, you know, um, and and maybe it was you. Somebody used uh, on this show, and and I wish I could give them proper credit, but they used the term COVID enthusiast. And, And I thought it was great because that's what... Um, her and you know, look right now. She because of this article is a stand-in for all of those people. So I I don't know her personally. Uh, she you know could have been you know one of the more mild Karens out there, but um, but she seems to be based on you know even that first paragraph with her family and them going on the hikes and training her child to you know yell social distancing to somebody to a right. hiker who got too close. She was into this. She oh, yeah. liked this thing, and she was all about it. Uh, she's a uh, Brown University uh, economics uh, professor, um, I think, assistant economics professor. But um, yeah. you know, but she she was into it, and and so being the crowd that was into this, um, you know, they were among the folks that were calling for those of us who didn't get vaccinated, not to be treated in hospitals. They were calling for those of us uh, unvaccinated not to actually be able to go and get food. Uh, I mean, all kinds of things. They piled on the ridiculousness of this and, you know, wanted us all to, you know, essentially wear, you know, a, a uh, outward sign that we weren't vaccinated so they could stay away from us. I mean, that was like, you know, yellow star baloney. Right. Yeah, we at Red State, we call it the Branch Covidian cult uh, of the people like that. And yeah, she taught her four-year-old to be yelling at at people because she was saying, oh, at the beginning days of the lockdown, you know, we we went on these hikes, we have this time. And really what prompted her to write this essay was some kind of a a class or a seminar that she's teaching at Brown right now having to do with the thing. And I thought, you know, you've had the luxury to just have a staycation this time probably had enough money as a Brown professor to have yeah. um, private tutors come in and help with your kids. You know, you have the zero sense of what it was like for people. And when I did my rant uh, is kind of what I call it. I had people replying, you know, cause I said at the end, you know, I'll forgive, you know, acknowledge what you did, have some restitution, I'll forgive. And other people were saying, I'm not going to forgive. And I said, well, you know, yeah. as a Christian, I have to forgive because it's not my place, you know, to issue or, or withhold forgiveness from somebody overall. But um, it, she she didn't have any 
appreciation for people who watch their parents die like through the glass at a hospital or for like I, I think I mentioned on your podcast before my daughter-in-law had a miscarriage at the beginning days of the of the pandemic and found out by herself in um in the um obstetrician's office over my son was over FaceTime watching his wife crumble and he couldn't be there to have his arm around her he couldn't be yeah, in the brutal. waiting room at the hospital when she had to have a procedure three days later to remove that baby from her. And those are pretty traumatic things that people had to go through alone for no reason. There was no reason that the man who impregnated her could not be in the, <laughs> the doctor's office with her. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, no, no, there, there are so many things that, that uh, were egregious, you know, acts of, you know, I, I think, crimes against humanity um certainly the people dying alone in hospitals the um you know the people that that didn't get to say goodbye to their loved ones um you know all of the, your example there um all of those things they there are consequences i think that an accountability that needs to be um you know uh given to these folks and you know, again, Emily, right now, you know, let's just say she's the stand-in for all of these folks because um, the attitude that this, I think, reached a viral pitch because that attitude has been slowly coming out. The other attitude that they have been displaying, and I think this is what they're going to go with permanently, is that um, they are the smart people and they are the sophisticated people. And she says in that first paragraph, we didn't know. Okay, now the rest of us knew. Right. Most of us who applied common sense real early on when you didn't see bodies being stacked like cordwood outside in the streets and, and you know, every fifth person uh, that you were friends with wasn't dying and, you know, you watched your kids sail through it, no big deal, and all but the, you know, people who had comorbidities and things like that all but them experience this like it was a you know rotten cold or a or even a, a mild to rotten cold um you know right. so we we were witnessing in real time and making assessments in real time that okay this is not good and these children being isolated uh, and and being uh, staying home and doing school over zoom this is not good we saw that this was not good this was not a healthy response from the very beginning we did know, but what they're going to do and they're going to continue to do is say, yes, but we didn't know and we're the smart people. You rubes got lucky. And and she essentially right. says that it was like a flip of the coin almost, that, that we just landed on the right side of it. Right. And to your point within my rant, you know, she when she said the part about, you know, oh, we didn't know that our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. And I was like, no, we knew that. We knew yeah. that a cloth mask wasn't going to reduce the transmission or or, or get a, uh, nullify it altogether. I mean, maybe it's going to reduce it. Who knows? But I, I said in my rant, it's willful ignorance of scientific facts to claim otherwise. I mean, it yeah. was a scientific fact until March, April, May, June of 2020, how these things were transmitted. We've had coronaviruses in the past. And I've, I, I've taught my kids over Zoom school, I guess you could call it. They did homeschool through K-12 when that was a new thing and it was web-based school. But 
they had uh, me there with them. They had office hours with their teachers. They had, I was invested obviously since we were paying for the program. It wasn't through a charter school, you know, invested in this was how we chose to educate yeah. our child. And so even then there were challenges to that, but I understood what the challenges of online school were way before 2020 and what the, what you needed to be successful. There was no way that a teacher who's never taught in a virtual environment, who did not have one-on-one -on -one time with those children, who had no contact really with the parents to see what kind of extracurricular things were going on in the house. And with parents who had no idea how to support their child's education like that, there's no way that that was gonna work for the masses with zero preparation. Anyone with half a brain knew that. Anyone who had yeah. ever had a child in a virtual academy knew that. Well, for sure, because what a lot of these teachers, you know, they were unprepared to do it. It wasn't it wasn't what they were familiar with. And they were right. trying and to I'm duplicate. Not, yeah, I'm definitely not yeah. faulting them for that. Yeah, they were trying to duplicate. And yeah, because it wasn't really their choice, but they were they were trying to duplicate a classroom experience, you know, online. And that's not what really homeschooling is about. And that's not really my, my joke was always uh, when, you know, in the middle of this, I was I was telling people, oh, we've homeschooled since, um, you know, before it was cool or mandated. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, for us, you know, our life changed very little in that regard. And in fact, you know, um, I've, I've talked about it with other people, but we had a pretty good time during COVID because of our community and all the stuff that we were doing. And of course, we were breaking all of the rules. I was having, you know, weddings in my backyard and, you know, we, we, uh, you know, company parties. I had, I had uh, Prager University had their company party in my backyard. I mean, I was, yeah. we were, we were living I it up. I was a cool kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we were we were having a we were having a blast making it work, right? And I was, you know, I was kicking over the uh the barriers to our trails in the neighborhood. I was, you know, I I was rebellious in this because I knew it was nonsense. I knew it was nonsense the moment you saw them trying to arrest a paddle boarder, um, you know, on, right. on the ocean. And they were telling people that they couldn't be outside and you couldn't hike and you had to be huddled indoors and, you know, take your meals through the, the slot in your door kind of stuff. I mean, it was stupid. We did know. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and their winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Go to PatriotMobile.com forward slash Liberty or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Liberty. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com forward slash Liberty. PatriotMobile.com forward slash Liberty or call 972-PATRIOT. Right. 
And we knew that sunshine and heat kill viruses and, yes. and bleach, like chlorine in a pool. Like I live in a, a community that has a community pool and there's a lot of old people here. So they, they go overboard on the chemicals at the pool. There is mm. no way a virus is surviving in that thing. And every Sunday yeah. I would go uh, walk down at Ventura Beach by the pier and go up to, uh, I think it's Emma Wood State Park. It's a good five, six, seven mile walk. But yeah. one time we saw this little kid pulling down all of the caution tape on the, the playground equipment there at the Ventura Pier. And I just stood there and filmed that kid. And I was like, you are my hero. You're the hero that it. we need. That was like June of 2020. But it's like, yeah. and nobody stopped it. I'm like, let the kid play. He's not going to yeah. get sick. Amen. Amen. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, she called it in the article, um, you know, we, we, we had misguided precautions. And, uh, and the truth is, is that because they shut down the debate over these things, and they worked so hard, and I have no doubt she was part of working hard to censor people and to shut them up from openly saying this is nonsense. Um, you know, our government colluded with our big tech overlords to censor us. We saw that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, shutting people down, uh, you know, removing doctors who objected, who said this is nonsense, removing even videos of uh, Dr. Fauci saying that, that masks were ineffective. They were suppressing those kinds of videos. Um, right. You know, it, it was silly. She makes it, though, in the article like, well, there were reasonable people on both sides of the debate. And it was this, you know, we were we were both well-meaning we and well-intentioned. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, well, it, to your point about the censorship, you know, Red State, we definitely saw that. We wrote about there was a, a scientist that had defected from China in kind of the early days. I think it was summer of 2020. And she was on Tucker Carlson. And we wrote about that at Red State, how she had said, yeah, there, this definitely escaped from a lab. It was engineered there. And that we had to either take that down or write a thing, an editor's note at the top saying that there's no evidence to show this. And all of the scientists say that it was a natural zoonotic transfer. And there's no way that it could have been you know, gain of function research and released out into the wild. And either that or they would have flagged our domain on all the, the big tech things, which would have resulted in probably a 60% loss of revenue. You know, I, I have 30 writers at Red State that their income depends on that. So we, we put the, we worded that note as, um, as strongly toward our point of view as we could yeah. and get away with it so to not have a flag. But the other week when the Senate report came out basically saying, yeah, like we have all the evidence that this is what happened. I made a big deal about deleting that note off of that story because it, it was just infuriating that you couldn't even present. We would have people from NewsGuard come to us. Well, yeah, you didn't say definitively this, this, and this, but you reported that someone else said that and we can't prove it. I'm like, why can't we put both sides and let people just read both yeah. and find I out? Mean, who, who would have possibly thought logically or made a connection that if you have a uh, lab that actually <laughs> experiments on these things and does this kind of research, who, who could possibly extrapolate that there's a, uh, a chance for this thing to escape from the lab or be released from a lab? You know, sure, yeah, it was just the, the wet market. It was a natural phenomenon that just happened down the road from this place. Right. Come on. 
and it came a thousand miles without infecting any other animal. Mm, okay. But you see, yeah. the other science thing that they totally denied and still pretty much deny is natural immunity. And she says in, in uh, the piece, she says, when the vaccines came out, we lacked definitive data on the relative efficacy of the J&J versus the mnra options from pfizer and moderna the mrna vaccines have won out i I guess with some people uh but at the time many people in public health were either neutral or expressed j and j this misstep wasn't nefarious it was the result of uncertainty and i said yeah we lack definitive uh knowledge and, and data on the vaccines in a lot of areas not just efficacy all the side effects all of the other things and what about accepting natural immunity yeah, but, but the people who wanted to take this time to figure out, hey, do I want to get this shot or do I want to actually read a little more, see what happens with people who take it? They were just completely shunned. And like you said, they, they didn't want to let us in grocery stores. Yeah, no. And, and there are people, um, yes, yeah, shut out of restaurants, fired from their jobs. Um, you know, all of those people, for her, again, the arrogance of the article of her, like, you know, yeah, we were just doing our best. We had great intentions. Um, you know, the the other thing that she says in there, import, important choices we had to make. And that was with a air of superiority. The, well, right. that's my point, is the we is her and her people. Right. I mean, I have, uh, I have at least one friend that's still locked out of their offices for a major corporation they work for because they won't get the shop. They have to work from home. They can't even go there for anything. And so this is still happening. And what, like you had said before, what she uh, she said, given the amount of uncertainty, almost every position was taken on every topic. And on every topic, someone was eventually proved right and someone else was proved wrong. In some instances, the right people were right for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. In other instances, they had a prescient understanding of the available information. I mean, she's talking about amnesty and like, and, Kumbaya, but then just about the right people and the wrong people and the right mm-hmm. people for the wrong reasons. Like, no, maybe we just got it right because we used our brains and we weren't being driven by fear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, we, we weren't COVID enthusiasts. We weren't into this thing. We weren't part of this cult, what you call it, the, uh, you know, branch COVIDians. We, you know, we were looking at what was happening with our own eyes around us. And we were understanding that they were manipulating data. We're understanding that there was a whole mess of people that were dying with COVID. We, you know, we uncovered several here in our community, one being a motorcycle accident, and they, they labeled that as a, a COVID death. There, and that's you know, not, not just one of them that we uncovered, but we uncovered hundreds of those examples that, that it was not COVID that, that killed them, but dying with COVID made them a COVID death, quote unquote. So they exaggerated numbers. They did all of that stuff right. that I think over time will continue to come out. And this is the argument that they're going to continue to, to use. Well, we had to do what we had to do. And we were in the right because we had the right intentions. Right. And okay, maybe some of them have the right intentions to start with, but they sure got right on board with canceling people. I have a friend um, here in our community that her daughter was not allowed to be a flower girl at a family wedding because they weren't vaccinated. I have friends that have been uninvited from family gatherings because their immunocompromised kids are not vaccinated for COVID. And so you have family shunning family over this. 
And they're saying that we shouldn't even discuss it now. At the end, she says, all of this gloating and defensiveness continues to gobble up a lot of social energy and to drive the culture wars, especially on the internet. These discussions are heated, unpleasant. Oh, wouldn't want to be unpleasant. Mm. Uh, and ultimately yeah. unproductive. In the face of so much uncertainty, getting something right had a hefty amount of luck. And similarly, getting something wrong wasn't a moral failing. Okay, I, I agree. Getting something wrong is not a moral failing. But that's sure how we were treated. And we weren't mm. even wrong. We were right. And th- this discussion is necessary because how do we know? And I don't believe any of them. They would not go immediately back to this power trip. If they have the chance, the only reason they're saying this is because they know that they're going to be losing big in this election. Yeah, well, I I think there's also a little bit of um, this is the um, let's call her. She's the advanced uh, party uh, on this thing to start to create the narratives because they do not want what I would like to see happen, which is real accountability. I would like to, to have some you know, tribunals, and I would like to have these people, because it wasn't just unpleasant uh, for a lot of us. It was people losing their job, losing their livelihoods, their businesses being destroyed. You know, again, the suicide. Emily, the suicides. Yeah, I mean, yeah, livelihoods, uh, you know, children's, uh, you know, education, um, you know, brain development, all those sort of things. I mean, I, I think about the little kids that had to stare at people's mouths covered in masks while they're trying mm-hmm. to learn to speak and read and everything else in their education that, that are uh, going to have develop potential uh, lifelong developmental issues. You know, we don't we don't think about uh, how that's really affected them. So it's a, a little bit more than just unpleasant, Emily. Right. It, it reminded me of a couple of days. Yeah, just a few days before her piece, uh, I had had a friend send me this parody song um, to Sound of Silence, but it was the Sound of Silence Science. And uh, it talked about just all of the censorship and how basically like we the, the prophets that they silenced being you know the ones that actually knew the science and how we weren't allowed to say certain words and so i was driving somewhere when i got the link so i started playing it and just thinking oh this will be fun to listen to and just kind of laughing but as i listened to the lyrics i started picturing it like i know you like kind of a hard rock like i do so i started picturing the disturbed version of sound Mm, Sound of silence and video with all of the things of like the 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 paddleboarder of the, the skateboard park filled up with sand of kids not being of being escorted off campus if they're not wearing a mask of you know people suffering alone and putting it to that and i just started crying right there in my car thinking of everything it started just really weighing on me i think now that we're it's starting to be acknowledged openly how much we were right now we can actually start to feel the weight of everything that we've like just survived through over the last two years. And I think as the weight of that, it, we all really feel that. I mean, we think that we have, but I, I, I don't think that we have. I think we've been in survival mode. When we fully get to grieve what we've lost, it's going to just be devastating to so many people. And the payback is not gonna be fun for those who did this. But like you, I agree, maybe not a tribunal, but they need to somehow feel in some level, there's no way that they can completely feel what we've all felt, but they need on some level to understand what they did. Like when you go to a criminal courtroom, and I 
worked on so many murder trials, if the person is found guilty, there's a sentencing phase where the victims get to make statements and talk about what was lost. And it, it's hard for those defendants, even if they're hardened criminals, to listen to that. But that's what these people need to experience. Yeah, I um, don't disagree. I want to see the real legal and, and criminal uh, penalties uh, levied on the Dr. Fauci's of the world and others who made these decisions and forced them on us. I want to see lawsuits for you know these companies that per perpetrated some of this stuff. I want to see the uh, tech giants and other uh, media apparatus uh, suffer the consequences for suppressing and censoring people who were right in this and manipulating the American narrative and the worldwide narrative. So I do want to see serious consequences. Um, again, her the tenor of her article is one of Let's just forget about it, okay? You know, mistakes were made. Let's just move on without her apologizing. We could show forgiveness for people who have genuinely apologized. And so if your neighbor who is rude to you during this time, you know, comes back around or a friend or a family member comes back around, it is Christian to forgive them um, if they're asking for forgiveness. Now, um, the the point of forgiveness for us, you know, forgiving people, um, you know, on a wholesale giving grace basis. I agree with that as a, as a believer, but we are not called to just um, forgive the mob, and we are not called to forget the duty that I believe we have to make sure that there are consequences and they can never do this again. Because you said it a moment ago, they are going to try to do this, and now it's going to be something else, like our environment or whatever else. Don't think that Emily wouldn't lock us down to protect the environment from us rubes. Do you know whom you're voting for? With every product you buy and every dollar you spend, you are casting your vote. Devoted Capital offers values-based investing portfolios that are designed to help you reach your financial goals, all the while making a positive impact on your life and the world around you. They are dedicated to educating, engaging, and empowering you to be wise with your investments and to equip you to be knowledgeable with your vote. Visit their website at devotedcapital.com to learn more about values-based investing or dial 805-372-0821 to speak to your values investor advocate today. Investment advisory services offered through Alliance Advisory and Securities, LLC, registered investment advisor. Right. I mean, we're already seeing it. And I know that you and, and your, uh, the people that you're friends with or, or work with in the, the church have been intimately familiar with this, but with the whole transgender issue and sex ed in schools. Yeah. You know, they they uh, say that if they think that the parent might be harmful to a student's mental health, then they're not obligated to tell them this kid wants to transition or something like that. So the, they're already saying if you don't have the right beliefs and thoughts on every issue, then we're just going to cut you out of the loop and you're not going to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. No, again, um, yeah, they're, they're willing to oppress us and they are um, – you know, they think that they're the, the big people and the decision makers, and they're the ones that are running society, and the rest of us were just lucky. I mean, 
I'm definitely not a vengeful person, but I'm into consequences, logical consequences of yeah. people's actions. And, you know, I don't think any of these people need to be where they can control someone else's freedom or ability to live their life. Have at whatever other career you can be in. But I want you yeah. away from anything with power. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I believe that same thing. These people should never be in charge of public policy again. These people should never be, um, you know, having their hand on the steering wheel of our society again. They should be kicked to the curb and uh, um, let the reasonable people who uh, do pay attention to common sense and do believe in real science you know, back uh, making the decisions, you know, let's let's let the adults back to the table. Yeah, let's let people do uh, cost benefit analysis for their own lives. Yeah, you know? amen. <laughs> what a concept. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's right, because decentralization of this would have changed so much, you know, and, and we did see that in places that refused to go along with the, you know, federal demands you know, like Florida and, and other places where across the country, they just ignored things and ended up right. having better outcomes. Yeah, or at least it wasn't any worse. I mean, better outcomes in a lot of yeah. cases, for sure. But yeah, we just can't think that we're going to be able to make decisions for everybody else. It's just not how life is supposed to be. Yeah. So any any more thoughts on this before I ask you what else you're working on and, uh, you know, <laughs> get, get more good stuff uh, from you? No, I think we've pretty much hammered it on on Emily <laughs> and her uh, her silly ideas. Yeah, yeah, good. And again, you know, Emily has the uh, uh, unfortunate uh, uh, blessing of being the stand-in for all of these people that thought this way right now. <laughs> but uh, you know, I do think she she has some in, in, individ, uh, individual accountability that uh, you know she needs to face for sure. But um, but yeah, it's this collective group of of uh, you know COVID enthusiasts that uh, deserve our ire. Right, agreed. Yeah. So what else are you working on? Uh, I know you're always up to something. Well, we're trying to get through the election right now. I still have uh, you know, other things within the education system with uh, the just the terrible things that they're trying to normalize with our children in schools, but. Uh, as we go through this election results, I, I do think that at this point there's going to be at least some pickups um, for the Republicans. If we get control of Congress, I know that I and probably a lot of my writers at Red State are going to be doing a lot to hold the Republican Party accountable to actually do the things that they say that they're going to do if they got power. If we have House and the Senate, there need to be major hearings on this COVID stuff and on this topic of COVID amnesty. We also need to actually do something about immigration and about uh, kind of trimming the wings of the people at the FBI and DOJ that think that they can just trample all over everyone's rights. Yeah. Amen. Well, I expect you guys to be holding them accountable um, because what what happens a lot of times, you know, if we do have this, uh, you know, red tsunami and, and, you know, we're going to be airing this right, you know, in the middle of... um, uh, the election counting, because um, this will go out uh, on on Tuesday night. You know, we're recording it here. You know, Monday night. But right. um, so so, I'm I'm hoping that uh, you and I are watching with uh, excited, bated breath. Great news coming in. Um, you I know, hope I, so I too. 
Yeah, I do think we're going to have a you know a red wave. I mean, who knows how that'll shake out across the entirety of the the U.S. But we have some you know bright spots, and I think we're going to have some amazing results. And I think there's going to be some surprising results in um, in light uh, and, and even, or I should say, in spite of all of the shenanigans that uh, they're going to try to pull on the other side. Biden has already uh, kind of been prepping and laying out there, um, you know, I mean, he said a few strange things that seem like they're preparing for um, uh, the worst, but also, you know, kind of putting us all on notice. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on some of the, the tenor and tone that they've had? Well, they're definitely putting people on notice or I guess setting expectations that, oh, hey, this could take a long time. You know, Monday's press briefing, Karine uh, Jean-Pierre was saying, you know, in modern elections, in modern times, it takes so much longer. Thinking, that doesn't really make sense with all of the technology we have that we're blaming modern technology and modern life for taking so much longer to count the ballots. So they're setting it up for weeks and, and whatever. What worries me in California is this big rainstorm that has been kind of starting on and off today on Monday but it's supposed to be pretty intense through Tuesday night. And our early returns are not showing a huge out, uh, turnout among Democrats. So we're thinking that a lot of them are either going to the vote centers today, tomorrow, that are maybe mail balloting. But you and I know that a lot of the Dems getting you know paid by the unions are probably not gonna stand out in the rain. They might not even get out to a mailbox depending on what the rain is because everything shuts down in LA. What my fear is, is then Gavin Newsom is going to look and go, oh, there's too many flash flood warnings. There's too much stuff going on, too much danger for people to vote. It has to be safe for every person to vote. So we're going to extend the, the postmark deadline until Friday or something like that and just sign it by executive order. What's stopping him? He's under a state of emergency. Yeah, which uh, which again, you brought that up in our you know the last part of our conversation that you know we are still under that state of emergency and that has not that has not stopped and I think that they've held that card in reserve for the kind of scenario you're describing. I think that you know, and I'm definitely going to be letting my attorneys know who do a lot of work for the RNC and CAGOP, you know, maybe be prepared for to do something like an injunction or something if they try this because i it sounds like a weird conspiracy theory but given what we've seen here i really don't think that he would be uh, prohibited from doing it and especially since when uh, gallagher and kylie sued him last election cycle over that exact kind of thing they won at the district court level and then it was uh reversed on appeal because the legislature had then gone back and, and made laws that were similar to his executive order. But in this situation, it would be different because the legislature is not in and it would just be a spur of the moment. But they need to be able to do something to separate out any ballots that come after what would have been the traditional deadline should anything like that happen and make sure that we're really safeguarding this. We have two major tragedies in this country that I take personally, and it's poor health and veganism. Battle both by ordering from my friends at Good Ranchers. 85% of all grass-fed beef is imported from other countries, but because they process it here, they can slap the product of USA label on it. Because of this, over 100,000 independent American farms and ranches have closed. Good Ranchers sells 100% American meat. 
A good rancher subscription locks in your price to protect you against inflation. Enter code LIBERTY at checkout for $30 off plus free shipping or go to goodranchers.com slash liberty. Every item is steakhouse quality and you can order the finest steaks, seafood, and chicken at half the price of those other online meat guys. And I'll tell you, in direct head-to-head competition in my discriminating household, Good Ranchers just tastes much better. Enter code LIBERTY at checkout for $30 off plus free shipping or go to goodranchers.com slash liberty. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Yeah, well, that's yeah. A, that's great advice, and we'll see if you are um, right um, in this I tomorrow. I hope I'm not. Yeah. I hope I'm not. Yeah, I hope you're not too. Um, but it, it would be, it would be amazing for your credibility because you know you're uh, you're pretty smart. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll not wish on that. Um, going back to holding the um, politician uh, politicians accountable, I really believe that that's what we're going to need to do if we do have a red wave or a red tsunami because the left is not going to stop on their relentless push of what they've been doing towards socialism, you know, towards a loss of liberty, uh, you know, in their entire far left agenda, they aren't going to be quitting. They aren't going to be doing their own great reset as a party internally. They aren't going to, even with a massive defeat, say that, okay, you know what, you're right. We got a little bit too, too far to the left. We need to, you know, get ourselves back to to you know, reasonable positions and a reasonable frame of mind, they're not going to do that. But if the right just does what the right does, which is not ever wield political power to actually right the ship, then we're right. going to have then we're going to have a total um, uh, you know I, I I think dead in the water um, game, and and that's what they've done you know every single uh, administration in the past. It seems like. Yeah, and what we have to remember is that uh, that what the power that is in D.C., a lot of it rests within the bureaucratic state. And right. so even if we take back over Congress, we've got to do things to rein that in, to be able to go within those the bureaucracies and say, no, you don't really have that power. Like the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, I think it is, CFPB, but I always get confused what the exact P&B is for. But there, there was just a court case basically telling them, no, you know, there are certain things you can't do and you're not getting your funding from any really legitimate source. You're getting it from the Fed. And a lot of people have taken that court ruling to say, hey, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of restrictions on what this group can do because they've been wanting to, uh, to really get involved in regulating financial institutions. And so if they, if they if Congress can go back and say, hey, no, like we're giving you an actual roadmap on what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do, and we're passing it by law, that restrains them. Similarly, they need to maybe go into the Department of Education and get them out of the social-emotional uh, yeah. curriculum thing and, and sex ed and have a Parents' Bill of Rights at the federal level. I mean, disabled children, children with learning disabilities have certain rights at the federal level that states cannot abridge. Maybe we need to have parental things in there too. So there need to what we need to focus on are ways maybe giving them the ideas. Here's exactly what we want you to do, Congress, to rein this stuff in. So we're not ha- leaving it to them to have the lobbyists tell them what to do. 
Yeah, I, um, well, from your lips to God's ears, because I do think that we need to do that, and I, and I think that that's a you know, great idea if you know, all of us work hard with specific things to say you need to do this. One of those things being, and, I, and, I, and I'm somewhat optimistic that this will happen, if we do have the uh, control of the, the Congress and Senate going after the Dr. Fauci's and going after you know, uh, the elimination of gain-of-function research and you know, things like that around uh, the world, um, you know, restraining our involvement in proxy wars and everything else that's going on. Um, we have that power. And I do think that there are good um, members of Congress that, that are committed to those things and, and we need to support them. Yeah, give Rand Paul just full, full ownership of taking that issue, Fauci and gain of function research. And I, I think we would all like what we would see come out of that. Yeah, well, let's put that guy in handcuffs. Yes. Yeah. Well, hey, anything uh, anything else in our last few minutes? No, I just, I'm, I'm glad we'll be through with the elections and we can focus on the things like Thanksgiving and Christmas and being with our families and just what really matters. Amen. Amen. Well, where do people follow you? At Red State and on Twitter at Jen Van Lar. All right. Well, thank you so much. You are amazing. Keep up the good work. I appreciate you. And thanks for being willing to do this so last minute. No problem. Thank you. All right. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Liberty Station. I hope you enjoy the show. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us on Rumble, Liftable TV, or Spotify, or anywhere that you consume podcasts. Please text these episodes to your friends and support our advertisers. 